If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's completely free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Strictly Hockey. I am Jacob Brown. This is the first uh, podcast for this particular pod. We are launching four new podcasts under the Strictly Sports banner. This is one of them. We also have Strictly Baseball, Strictly Yankees, Strictly Rangers coming out on the way. But today's the first episode of this one, and we're going to have a lot of fun. It's going to be all hockey, hockey news, hockey games, hockey transactions. You'll find it all here. Steve and Adam will be on a lot of episodes with me, but today we have two guests in here today. Friends of mine from high school, I, when I had this idea for this podcast, I'm like, I got to get these boys together. Uh, we have to have us all on a pod at the same time. So today, uh, I've got my co-host, Steve Cashin, Adam Kupferman. He was on Strictly Sports a little bit for some hockey pods. And then my friends, Ethan Trelamis and Logan Beard are here. Uh, so what's up, guys? How we doing? By the way, just a disclaimer, they're all Lightning fans. So let's just get that out of the way. Uh, but how you guys doing? Your team's in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, we'll start with Ethan. Yeah, thank you for having me on, man. It's uh, it's a great feeling after last year. It's just good to see him get in here and hopefully just pull through and then make it to the finals. Because after last year, I was really tested, you know, as a Lightning fan. It's it's pretty brutal seeing you go the best regular season in the history of the sport and then just getting swept in the first round. So. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty rough. And uh, I think that's something that people forget about when they talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning. It's, oh, yeah, they had the best regular season ever last year. People kind of counted them out this year. Now they look like probably the favorite to win the Cup. So, you know, kind of flying under the radar this year. But uh, how you doing, Adam? Uh, you know, I'm feel, feeling happy, feeling a little nervous for, for this series. The Islanders are a good team. I feel, uh, feel pretty privileged to be a Lightning fan. You know, this is what they're – fourth trip in six years to the conference finals and the Islanders is their first time in 27 years. So I'm just enjoying it, you know, loving the deep run and hoping, you know, we, we get over that hill. Yeah. What about you, Logan? Yeah. You know, I'm happy to be here. It's cool. It's cool. It's, been a, it's definitely been a minute, but you know, the Bolts had their time off and now it's time to go back to work. You know, last year was definitely, uh, definitely disappointing. It was, it was a rough postseason to be a Lightning fan, but they've they've been putting in the work this this all this postseason, and you know, good things are coming out of it. So we'll see. We'll see Absolutely. How you feeling, Steve? Uh, the nerves are flowing for sure. Uh, in about an hour here, we'll start getting uh, to crunch time. But uh, excited to be back in the conference final, and you know, four wins away from really having a chance at uh, bringing it home. So hopefully, we get the job done. Just take it one game at a time, and we'll get rolling here. Yeah, so that's all their takes about how the Tampa Bay Lightning are going. We're going to get to that series second. We're going to do the West first. We'll save the best for last. So last night, the Dallas Stars beat the Vegas Golden Knights in game one of the Western Conference Finals, one nothing. Uh, Dallas actually overcame Colorado, which on Strictly Sports, Steve and I were like, no, 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 Colorado's going to win seven games. They'll get to the West Finals. This team's too good. But no, Dallas came in there. They won game seven in overtime. They came back down 3-2. Great game. Uh, but now they're in the Western Finals against the Golden Knights, who beat Vancouver in seven games. That was another series I was wrong on. I thought Vancouver would win seven games uh, in that series, but Vegas took it home. So now you look at it, I'm looking at the West Finals saying, wait a second, I think Vegas is the favorite here. They've got wingers up and down those lines that are popping in goals. But then Dallas goes in and they shut them out game one. Steve, what are you thinking after game one? Uh, my first thoughts, uh, as I'm watching the game, I'm thinking, you know, this isn't Chicago and Vancouver for, for Vegas. You know, they're going to be facing a team that's structured defensively. They can go in the rush. I mean, it seems like every time they have the puck, they're just really selling out, working the corners and, and working, off, uh, working off the rush all the time, about 90, 90% of the time. But oh, this, I, this series is going to be a long one. It's going to go six. I think it goes seven, to be honest with you. Uh, I think Vegas has enough depth, enough depth in their roster to really – Really push it. Uh, Alex Tuck, who's carried the weight there for Vegas. Robin Leonard, Flurry, uh, Marcheseau. You go down the list, and 
there's no way this team's uh, getting an early exit in this series. So uh, a good one nothing win for Dallas. So they, they really bear down, and uh, Kudobin made some uh, really key saves in that game, and uh, it got them the game one win. Yeah, Ethan, you guys can talk whenever, by the way, uh, whoever wants to talk next. So, Ethan, you can go. Yeah, I was just going to say, chi- chime in on the talk comment. He is absolutely popping on the ice and score these goals. Uh, but I was I was a little shocked yesterday to see not only Dallas to pull out the first game, but to pull it out in a one-goal game. Because just watching watching Vegas, they seemed on fire. And so does Dallas when it comes to scoring goals. So seeing that one-goal uh, game, it was pretty incredible. I definitely do think Dallas is going to get the hot start, but just like last year and the year before that, the Vegas, the Vegas has just got the grit. You know, they don't have a captain as of right now. They, even before this, they were written off as just a bunch of fourth line goons, but they've proven time and time again that they're just going to come and win. And it doesn't matter how they do it. So I definitely, I agree. I definitely see this going to either six or seven who wins it. I'd honestly, I'd put my money on Vegas but I would like to see Dallas make it there because I know it's been, it's been a little bit for them. So. Yeah. So we got a Vegas pick here. What about you, Adam? You know, watching the game last night, the one thing that stood out to me was how badly Vegas missed Ryan Reeves. He was serving, you know, the one game suspension from a hit on Tyler Ma of Vancouver in that game seven. Uh, You know, uh, Jamie Ben came out with a, with a mission in game one, he was hitting everything that moved and Vegas didn't have a response in physicality for that. Um, getting Ryan Reeves back in game two and for the rest of the series is going to be a huge boost to their lineup. Um, Dallas, you know, give them credit. They've, you know, we all kind of ripped them off after after their start in the uh, in the round robin. And, you know, they're coming out here with a mission that proven everyone wrong. Um, Hudobin's played unbelievable. Uh, he's definitely, you know, carrying a lot of the load right now. Um, you know, as far as a pick goes, both of these teams, you know, very evenly matched. I think both teams are fine winning a winning a close defensive battle or winning, you know, putting six on the board. Uh, I got to go Vegas in seven. I think they're the more experienced team. I think getting Leonard back in game two is going to be a huge upside for them. And I, I just, I don't, th- I don't see them losing to Dallas. I think Dallas is a good team. I just... I can't see it happening. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the teams are a lot closer than you would think. I went down the lines today, and I was looking at how close these teams are. I mean, essentially, you look at it, center depth for both teams really isn't there. The Vegas Golden Knights have Marsha Schill. The, the Stars really don't have any really great center. I mean, Pavelski's been producing in the playoffs at eight goals, four assists. He's not even their first-line center. The Stars' first-line center only has two assists, and he's on the line with Sagan and Perry. I'd argue that the line with Fosca, Ben, and Como has been their best because Como's got two goals, three assists, Fosca three and five, and then Ben's got five and nine. And and Tyler Sagan only has two goals, five assists the entire playoffs. Um, so I look at the offensive sides. I say I think Dallas has a more spread out offensive production because you look at Yanmark, Radulov, uh, even the fourth line with Hintz and Gurianov. Those guys are producing. You look at the Vegas lineup – Outside of really Marsha Schill, Riley Smith, and Mark Stone and Tuck, they really don't have any other guys that are producing a lot. You know, Max Pacioretty's got five goals, two assists, but then Stastny, Stevenson, Nosek, Carrier, Cousins, Wah, they're all really not putting in anything on the offensive side. At least you can look at the Dallas lineup and say, okay, everyone here can put, put in an assist, put in a goal on a nightly basis. You might look at Vegas and say they have the better offensive talent, but I think Dallas is more spread out. And then on the defensive side, they're pretty even. Alec Martinez is a plus 12 uh, this this uh, postseason. He's locked down. Everyone else on Vegas plus minus isn't even close to a plus 12. And then Shea Theodore has six goals, 10 assists, which is pretty incredible. And then I can't go without pointing out Heiskanen on the stars. I think you said it, Ethan, third in scoring in the NHL in the playoffs. Five yeah, goals. Yeah, third point. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty impressive for a guy on defense. So the Stars, I think, they're right there with Vegas if you really dig down, look deep in the numbers just based off the postseason because you really can't impact what they did in the regular season. It's almost like they're two separate seasons with how much off time they had in between them. So really, I'm looking at the last month and a half, two months, 
they're pretty even as far as I'm concerned. And you look at who Dallas has had to go through. They went through Calgary, and then they went through Colorado. And I know they're injured. That's a big team to go through. Vegas went through Vancouver. So it's not as big of a gauntlet to go through. Um, but that, those are just my thoughts. I mean, do you guys have anything to say to back off of that? Yeah, I mean, I think you hit all the points there. Uh, I think the formula to beat Vegas, and we've seen it the last four or five games, is you've got to be structured on defense. You've got to stay out of the box, be disciplined, and you'll win those one nothing games, I think. You have good enough, if you have good enough defensive core, good goaltending behind your guys, you're going to win like they did last night, and that's how Dallas has got to win this series. And Rick Bonus has done a good job with uh, mixing the lines up and not keeping that same formula every night where he's moving Como around or – Jamie Benz was shifted down the second line, you know, separate him from Sagan. Uh, you're going to have to give them a, uh, a few different looks if you want to beat Vegas because they just come at you and they throw everything at the net. Uh, they thrive on – they're like Boston, that, kind of that same similar style of uh, play where they go on the rush, they feed off the power play, and if you give them opportunities like that, they're going to eat you alive. And if you think you're going to outscore Vegas in a 5-4 game, that's where they end up beating you. They just go – Yeah. They, sell out up front and go. And so Dallas is going to keep it structured if they want to win the series. And I think they have enough personnel to do it uh, with Heisman and all those guys on the defensive side, um, you know, Alexiak and uh, Sakara. Those guys can do it. So um, my pick would be Dallas, and I think they can do it in six. Wow. I mean, I would say seven, but six is pretty bold. I think if they come out tomorrow night, uh, similar like similar style play, and they really – if they keep them in a, a shutout or a one-goal game and – they kind of send a message there. I think they can uh, – Vegas, is, the sticks are tightened them a little bit. Uh, guys are picking corners instead of just shooting like they did against Vancouver and just throwing everything at, uh, at you know, at Demko and whatever, try to get everything by them. Uh, they got to go back to that summer style if they want to uh, have success in, uh, against Kudobin. What a bad yeah. time for Vegas's you know, sticks to go dry. You know, I think we were, we were talking about before the pod, Vegas in their last three games got shut out by Thatcher Demko had one four nothing, but had three empty net goals. So that's one, you know, actual goal, I'll call it, and then got shut out last night by the Stars. You know, how long until Pete DeBoer shuffles up lines and tries to change stuff up, change it up? Because whatever going on right now needs to change or this series is, you know, we're all saying that it's going to go six or seven. If Vegas doesn't find their offense here quickly, this is looking like a five-game series to me. Yeah, I mean, that could happen. I mean, worst case scenario, they could go down hard because, I mean, they don't, they don't have a second-line center. I mean, it's, it's Stevenson. He's got two goals and an assist. Can, can Bill Carlson play center? Do you guys know? He can. They yeah, I mean, if I'm them, I'm sliding him down to the, the second-line center and yeah. talk in the top six. And they're kind of forcing the hand there with him on the wing. Um, yeah. You could really move him to center on a different line and kind of be the catalyst for, for – uh, you know, second, third line, maybe not third line, but if you, if it comes down to, if you want to shuffle guys and get those third and fourth line guys going, that's the way you go. And then, uh, it was Ethan, you made a great, or Adam, you made a great point with Reeves. When he comes back, you might see a difference in this series. Yeah. I really do. When, when you see that guy coming behind you, you're going to the corner, you're not going there free willing without knowing you're going to get smoked. So uh, getting him back in game two, tomorrow night's game is going to be a really big, uh, It'll be interesting to see how they play with him back. Yeah, and I just want to touch on uh, that comment on Carlson. I'm checking right now, and he—I can't even find him in the uh, in the point summary for the playoffs. Yeah, he's, he's got been, three goals, five assists. That's it. He's been absolutely—I mean, you look at his run last year. I mean, he was Vegas, other than yeah. Mark Andre Fleury, or I'm sorry, not last year, two years ago. He was Vegas. Like, that's who they, like, ran on. And I think he'll definitely need to step up uh, if they want to shop because he's got that high-octane balls to the wall, just put the puck in the back of the net. So they'll definitely need a, a pretty, pretty significant uh, couple games out of him if they really want to make this series close. So who, who are we betting? Who are we taking game two? Game two, I think, I think Vegas with the start of Leonard, they got Revo back. And I honestly, I think they take it, but it's not going to be by much because Actually, Dallas yeah. is going to come to, he's coming hot. They're going to come hot off that win and they're going to try to just snuff it there. But I don't think that Vegas is going to let him go up 2-0. Yeah. 
So we got Ethan on Vegas. Are you betting Vegas game two, Steve? I'm staying away from it. I don't know. I, if I was if I was a betting man, which I am, um, but I don't know. I just I'm I'm not going to touch it. I, I went stars last night and worked out really well. But game two, I just think Vegas uh, not letting him go, uh, not let him go up two nothing. I just think they they had enough shots on goal last night. Uh, Kudo made some great saves, timely saves, but. They hit a couple posts, so if those go in, it's a completely different game. So uh, I was, I would go with Vegas there. You got to pick Adam. Yeah, I gotta go with Vegas too. I think going down two nothing to the Stars right now, the way their offense is going, I think that's a very big hill to climb. Going down two nothing, so I think Revo coming back in the lineup, getting Leonard in net, like Steve said, uh, I think you know they're gonna throw everything they can at Kudobin, and I think they're gonna put this. One one series, make it interesting. Logan, you got a pick for this uh, game too. You know, I think uh, I think I'm gonna. I think I might have to go with Dallas. I think they're gonna be coming off of a, a good win. Of definitely, a, they're both very stacked teams. You know, Vegas. Vegas has a lot of depth. They got everyone looked at them as a bunch of ragtag guys put together. But I mean, they've they've been producing these last few years. I mean, last year coming out of a good playoff run, finishing first in the Pacific. Was it? I think they were like I third. So. Yeah. You know, they came off of a really good, really, really good uh, regular season last year, and they have a lot of depth. But I think Dallas is going to be coming out hot tonight, and I think they're going to try to squash them as fast as they can. And then no one realized, too, like last year they lost in double overtime uh, to go to the conference finals to the Blues, who ended up winning the Cup. Mm-hmm. So this team's – they, they, like they have said, they're, there. They're, they're definitely – they definitely have some grit. They're willing yeah. to work for it. Exactly. I mean, they're – they were an eyelash away from going, maybe potentially the cup final last year. So, I mean, mm-hmm. we'll see. I mean, I think they're – if they win tomorrow night, I think they if they drag it to overtime, it'll be tight. And that – I think that's the way they get it done. But I like the pick. All right. So, now we're going to move on to the series that you guys are all here for, the uh, Lightning and Islanders series. And as you guys probably assume, you know, seeing the Islanders as a Ranger fan in the Eastern Conference finals, it's pretty painful. I'm not going to lie. Uh, although I don't think it's going to be sustained. I think this is a one-time little happy trip to the Eastern Conference Finals, and then they'll, they'll never get back. By the way, you know, just I want to see all your faces when I say that Rangers have the number one pick this year. They're going to draft Lafreniere, and we're coming for you. We're coming for the Tampa Bay Lightning next year. I just want to get that out there. It's coming. Zibanejad, Panarin, Kako, Lafreniere, Igor Shostak. It's coming. The Rangers are coming Absolutely. finally. Hey, and you guys know, hey, they knew me when you guys beat us in the conference finals. The Rangers got shut out twice. They remember how depressed I was at school for like a solid three weeks. I think I cried a little bit when they lost that series. So, But anyway, we're back to this Lightning Islanders thing. Uh, this is going to be a tight series. I, you know, part of me is like, I think Tampa could really steamroll the Islanders because they're so much deeper. But then it's like, well, the, the Islanders have gone through everyone. They've gone against me, you know, the whole time I've been like, nope, Islanders aren't getting past this round. I don't see it. You know, they go in against the Flyers, number one seed, which, by the way, now that the Flyers are out, they're the most overrated number one seed probably ever. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. They had no offensive depth at all. They relied on their defense and Carter Hart. If Carter Hart wasn't on his game, they were losing, and that's what happened. So Islanders definitely overrated. Um, But, you know, you look at the Islanders, I'm looking at their offense right now. Got Anders Lee with seven goals, Barzal five and eight, uh, five goals, eight assists, Eberly three and eight, Bavillier eight and four, Nelson seven and eight, and then Bailey at two and 15. So their top six, you know, their criticism was they don't really have a lot of guys who can score, but in the playoffs, they're actually producing, which is why they're going so far. They've got a pretty good D2, and Barlamov has been standing on his head in goal. And then, by the way, Barry Trotz, head coach, went to the cup with the, with the Washington Capitals. Now he's doing it with the Islanders. But then you look at the Lightning. This is just the year for them. They have to do it this year. And even without Steven Stamkos, they've been the same team. And, you know, I just said it a few minutes ago. People kind of forget they were the best team in the NHL last season. Coming to this year, they don't get a number one seed. Everyone's like, ah, eh, you know, eh, it's Tampa Bay Lightning. They lose every year in the playoffs. You actually look at their roster. They're better than they were last year. They're deeper than they were last year. So this is a different team. Uh, obviously, you guys are going to have a better take than I will. I think Lightning take it in six. Game one in what, like less than an hour now? So what are your hot takes going into this series? We'll start with Ethan. Uh, I just want to make a comment about the Islanders. Uh, 
if this core stays together and Barzell and Lee keep producing at the level they do, I think the Islanders really make a name for themselves in the uh, next couple of years. I do. I just want to add that in real quick. Uh, unfortunately, New York's looking hot, the Rangers, but I think the Islanders definitely are going to have something to say for it. Um, but when looking at this series, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy. We go back to the regular season, which seems like years ago. Uh, but the Islanders won two out of the three regular season games, outscoring 11 to four in those three games. Oh, boy. So on paper, you know, you're looking at this first game, the Isles got it. But I don't know. I think that against the, the Flyers, are obviously Carter Hart, is, he's a thing of magic. And, but they, I feel like they should have taken care of the Flyers a lot quicker than they did. I don't feel like they almost, they almost blew a 3-1 lead. And that's something that's not what you look for in a deep playoff run. So we'll have to see here. I'm going to have to back the bolts. Um, but I think it's going to be, it's probably going to be a pretty high scoring game and it's probably going to be a pretty high scoring series just because these are two very high powered offenses, even though you've got great goaltending in both ends. Uh, these just, these guys know how to put the puck in the back of the net. And the only thing I will say, I think the only advantage um, that the Lightning have over the Islanders just on paper is they've got the more consistent goaltending with keeping Vasilevsky in there if he doesn't get injured. All, all, every single game. Because switching up between Weiss and Varlamov, yeah, you've got two great goalies. But if they don't get set in there and adapt to the Tampa Bay offense, which is very, I wouldn't say different, but it's hard to it's hard to break down, and especially from a goaltender's stand, like they you'll have to dial in and figure that out. Because if you don't, you're gonna watch this first and second line put four in, and then so I really do think uh, that the Islanders are gonna have their work cut out for them. But I think it's gonna be a good series. And if I had to put my take on it, I'd probably say. I'll give I'll give the Islanders the benefit of the doubt. Say six games. I'll I'll take Lightning in, in six games. All right, that's that's pretty reasonable. What about you, Steve? Yeah, uh, I look at the series a few different ways. I mean, they kind of not remind me of Boston, but they have one line. I mean, the first line's really good. I, you know, honestly, Barzell, Everly. If you shut that line down, and you make that second line with Brock Nelson, uh, Bavillier, and Bailey, you got to make those guys beat you. And if they can do that, which they, they've shown they can beat teams with their second and third lines, but if you really shut down Barzell and, and make those secondary guys do the work, which in past series, the Lightning made Columbus, they forced them to get secondary scoring outside of, I think it was Texier. Um, Seth Jones had a couple goals, um, but make other guys and their superstars make plays. And in Boston series, they shut down the Marshan line and they couldn't do it um, outside of the power play. They Boston couldn't score five on five. So on paper, I think the Lightning are the best five on five team left in the playoffs. Uh, not even being biased here, but I, I just watching other teams. It's like outside of being on the power play, they, they are not phased playing five on five. And so if you make them stay even with you and you're going up and down the ice, I think the Lightning can wear them out in the corners and you're just going to have to make them work and, and out, outworking the corners and just flat out try to beat you five on five. But other than that, goaltending defensively, I think the Lightning have the edge here. But, you know, we'll see how this game one goes. It's going to be interesting to see how the Islanders attack the Lightning, how are the Lightning going to get around their defensive core, and how are they going to generate scoring, even though they have a ton of depth. But they remind me a lot of Columbus, too, where they can, they can shut games down when they get ahead it's going to be a series where you have to get ahead early and ahead in games or it's going to be tough to come by with goals. Yeah. I mean, like I agree with you that they absolutely have to shut down the first line, but in the playoffs, Bavillier eight goals, four assists, Nelson, seven and eight, Bailey, two and 15. And then even Pajot down there with seven goals, two assists. So they do have to shut down other lines too. Um, but I just think that because the lightning are so much better lines, two, three, two through four, it's kind of, kind of even itself out. Uh, the one thing, though, I'm looking at it now, these guys don't produce point-wise, but I feel like this Martin Sezikis clutterbuck line that's been together for what it feels like seven years now, like every time you play the Islanders, you got to go through that line. They might challenge the Lightning a little bit because the one thing the Lightning lack is a little bit of physicality. They don't have that Ryan Reeves type of guy 
that's going to go up and hit you. The Islanders have Matt Martin that can do that. They have they have Clutterbuck, not necessarily a big guy, but he'll you know he'll piss you off. That's his job. So Adam, you know, do you think they'll have to shut down more than the first line, or how do you think this series is going to go? You know, I disagree with what you said that the Lightning don't have that grit. You know, they went out and signed Patrick Maroon. They gave up you know, two first round picks, one to New Jersey for Blake Coleman, one to San Jose for Barkley Goodrow, both guys who can throw their weight around. Uh, so I think, I do think, you know, the Sezikis Martin line, they are more physical in that way. This is not the same lightning team that's going to get bounced around and, you know, thrown out of the playoffs. Um, I can't make a prediction here. I'm getting a, I'm getting into a superstitious thing right now where I don't want to jinx anything. Oh you guys, God! You guys know I'm rooting for the Lightning. I'm just gonna leave it there. Uh, the one thing that I've been talking to a few people about is, you know, they're saying this is the Lightning's offense versus the Islanders' defense, and who's gonna win? I don't agree with that. I think it's the Islanders' defense versus how much the Lightning's defense has has improved. This is not gonna be a you know, a 6-5 game. This is going to be a 2-1-3-2 game pretty much throughout the series. And, you know, the team who is better defensively is going to win this game. So, you know, the Islanders, they're obviously well coached. They they have bought into the system. They're, we know they're good defensively. How good are the Lightning defensively and how well can they do that is going to be the big factor in who comes out in the series. And the last thing that I'll say is another big factor that helps lightning here is experience. I know uh, Barry Trotz, coach of the Islanders, he's, he won a cup in 2018 with Washington, but having that experience and being told that is a different thing. A lot of the Islanders, you know, this is their first trip to the conference finals. They haven't been through this. Lightning on the other hand, a lot of their core guys are still here from, you know, the finals run in eight in 15, the, the uh, conference finals run in, in uh, 16, 18, and now this year, you know, they still have their core guys. And going through that year after year is a big difference than just Barry Trotz and a few other guys on the Islanders roster saying, hey, guys, this is what we need you to do. So I think all things said, that is the one big factor for me that could push the lightning ahead. Yeah, I definitely, I can agree with that because you you hear a lot of talk of a lot of people saying, you know, Vassy, Vassy bails out the defense a lot. But I mean, you really look at it, they're, they're such a well-rounded team with so much depth. They have a lot of young guys. They've got just so much depth into their, into their farm teams. You know, they, they just, they, they keep bringing them in. Everybody works so well together. Everybody's really fluid. They produce, you know, I mean, you look at New York, they haven't been to the conference final in over 25 years. It's, and they have a lot of young guys. They have a lot of new faces, you know, Barry Trout's coming from, from uh, Washington and whatnot. He brings that experience. He brings that knowledge. But you, you, I think, you know, I think New York, they really, they know that they're coming in to, to a good team, a solid team. You know, they're, they're focused. They have that depth. And I, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm going to give it Tampa in five. Tampa in five. Wow. I mean, I, you know, like I said, I mean, I think they really could just completely steamroll them. Like there's, there's that possibility. The other possibility, seven games. Yeah. So it's, it's one or the other. So it, it honestly, it depends on tonight, to be honest with you, like what, whatever they do game one is going to set the tone for the rest of the series. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. You're good. Looking at, you know, the series, like the season series between New York and Tampa, you know, they, New York had the upper hand, of course, but I mean, it was only three games. They only played each other three times throughout the 82 game season. You know, I don't, I don't think that was – I think that maybe had just given New York a taste of what it was like to kind of work around Tampa, but I don't really think they, they know what they're getting into. Looking at all the time they've had in the offseason, not, not in the offseason, but on the break, and, you know, everybody's getting – working back together again, I think I think Tampa's going to pull through and really throw them around a little bit. I don't, I don't think they know what they're coming into. Yeah, I mean, you look at the season series. Uh, I remember watching uh, – I was in Jacksonville uh, with the night they played. I think it was the first match that they had against each other. And it was early November, and the Islanders took it to them. They won like 6-2. Uh, that was in the lightning. We're kind of finding their game. And they really weren't – they are nowhere – they weren't nearly the team they were – that they are now, that they were in early, you know, two months, month and a half in the season. Um, so, 
I think you throw away the season series. I mean, it's, it's good analytics to look at like, who has scored, who's had success against this team. Um, same, same rosters and lineup, but, you know, I think it's a completely different animal. And tonight in game one, uh, similar to the Boston series, Boston took it to us in game one, uh, three nothing, but they found two goals at the end there. I think tonight's a feel out game for both teams. No one's winning the series tonight. Obviously it's, it's, it's one game you win or lose, whatever happens. I think teams will take away a lot of things from tonight's game, you know, physicality wise, who's going to push who around, um, you know, finding key things in throughout the series. And I think the series goes six games. Uh, I think the lighting will eventually win it. Um, like Adam said, the, the experience of, of these guys, Kucherov, Johnson, a lot. And you can go on the list, Stamkos, uh, Vasilevsky. They've been on these runs where you look at it, game seven, Pittsburgh eliminated, you know, Washington Capitals, you know, losing game seven. So I think now they've, they've learned a lot for the past years. And now I think this is the time where will they, the lightning make the jump to the next step and get to the cup final and, you know, finish the job. So we'll find out a lot tonight, but, uh, it's going to be a long series. I mean, it's not going to be easy. You, you saved yourself some games, uh, five games in both the first two rounds, but we'll figure it out here tonight. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think tonight will definitely set the tone for who's, who's going to run the series and who's going to really take charge and, and just keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it, you know. Yeah, and yeah then, I, to, oh, I was going to – real quick, if you don't mind. I was just going to make a real quick comment on the fact that this is bubble hockey. You know, this is something that's never happened before. And if this was a regular playoff series where we're at home for the first two games, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, think, I think the Tampa Bay Lightning take it in five. Because yeah. it's it just – it's crazy to think that this is an even playing field that these two teams are going yeah. into. Because without, without home advantage, a lot of the – I mean, you look at Boston. I didn't – like, if this was a regular uh, season, I don't think Tampa Bay Lightning's wins in five games against Boston. Because you do not beat anyone. You don't beat the, the Bruins in the Garden that easily. No. So, I think it, it's definitely interesting to look at. And if, if this was in Tampa Bay tonight, immediate win, game one and game two, in my book. But it's not, so it's going to be really interesting to see what happens here. You know, it's a really good point because really right now it's about the best team on the ice wins, period. It's just that's all it is. There's no other contributing factors going into it. Um, so I wanted to do one little uh, thing here because the NHL awards are coming out throughout the week, and uh, I'll get your guys' picks for just some of the big awards. Not all of them, just the uh, big ones. So we got the Jack Adams Award being awarded on Wednesday. It's between Bruce Cassidy, the Bruins coach, Torts in Columbus and Vigneault in Philly. Uh, I'm, I'm personally going uh, Torts here in Columbus with all the injuries to still make the playoffs. I think he's got to get that. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I, can, I can agree with that. I think Torts, he's a great coach. You know, he when he has his eyes set on, on what he wants to do and the mission he wants to really pull off, I think he's he's an all-around. He's a fantastic coach. Not, not even just coming, seeing him in Tampa, you know, years ago. But even even in what he's done in Columbus, he's definitely definitely deserves that. Yeah, I think right. Cassidy. Yeah, I think Cassidy got some uh some uh you know trophy votes. You know, Bruins won the Presidents Trophy. Oh yeah, he's a good coach. He led him to the Presidents Trophy. I think that's where the Cassidy vote comes in. I think AV Elaine Vigneault in Philly. I think no, I think Philly overachieved this year a little bit, and that's why he got some votes. But. Columbus, man, no one expected them to be there. They were going to be bottom feeders in the league, you know, midway through the season, all those injuries sweep through their lineup. I think they had like 11 guys on the IR, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, no, that was brutal at one point. Yeah, and, you know, just the fact that not only did they make it to bubble hockey, but they made it into the official playoffs too, it's just unreal. And there's no way Torrell doesn't walk away with this award. I, I'll just quickly add in the same reason that Torch is getting a shot at. Same reason that Barry Trotz is in there as well. Mm-hmm. Taking a group of guys that I can, what was I? I can't remember off the top of my head. But when was the last time they even made a decent playoff push? Yeah, I think. What did you say, Logan? It's like twenty-five years since the Islanders went to the conference finals. Twenty-seven. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And obviously, you know, Trotz he battled probably a harder, a harder regular season. But, but seeing what Barry's done with his team since then, and especially here in the bubble, uh, it's been absolutely incredible and that they got this far. So I don't know. It, I, I do think Torch will, or, uh, 
Yeah, Tortorella will probably walk away with it, but I think Barry Trotz, he's definitely – he deserves his spot in there, and he'll definitely get a bunch of the votes, so. Yeah, I wish he was up for it. I don't know why he's not there. Probably because, you know, they didn't know he was to the Eastern Conference Finals yet um, when they put up these awards. So now we got the Calder. So that's the best rookie. So that's between Quinn Hughes, Dominic Kubelik, and Kale McCarr. This is a really tough one. No, it's not. Really? Okay, who, who do you have? It's McCarr by a mile. Okay. I love, I love Hughes. I really do. But it, it, it has to be McCarr. This guy came in last year in the playoffs. He proved that he was ready. He's, what, 19, 20, 20? And so, I mean, Quinn Hughes is the same age, too. But I, it just – McCarr plays, I think, a better structured defensive game. And until I see a little more – and I, I just saw it the other night um, in the Vegas-Vancouver game. It looks like – uh, Quinn Hughes, he's still he's still getting his footing in the big defensive league that the NHL is, and he's still learning that that position against you know he's playing against grown men who have been doing this for a very long time and they're very good at it. But McCarr, he came in right off the gate, and as far as I can see, he's just going to keep improving, and he's already playing at the top level of the defense, and it's it's absolutely insane to see him perform the way he does consistently and put up points. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you look at McCarr throughout the regular season, I mean, he was just he, – I mean, he was money. He had you know, 12 goals, 30 assists, uh, 50 overall points in the seven games played. Uh, so you look at it, uh, he really just kind of, you know, took the league by storm, um, you know, as a rookie. And, you know, he was – I mean, uh, those guys are going to be superstars for years to come here. And uh, I think – you know, Hughes had a great playoff. He had, I think, a better playoff performance than McCarr. Uh, yeah. You know, that's up for debate uh, with, some, with some people. But I just think, you know, you look at the, the award goes through the whole season. I think McCarr was the guy all year we were looking at. Like, this guy made plays. Just the way he could dish pucks to, like, you know, McKinnon, Landis Dog, and just make plays out of nothing was just uh, unreal. And uh, I think Hughes found his game in the playoffs. Found that this is a much more physical game when you get to – you know, the postseason, it's just a different – it's a different style you got to play. And I think that clicked for him um, as of late in the last couple of weeks. But uh, McCarr would take it for me. That's that's my pick for uh, for rookie of the year. Yeah, just to chime in on that, I just looked up the the stats here. Quinn Hughes in the playoffs, total of uh, – total of 16 points, two goals, 14 assists. But the big thing here um, is he's got a minus two on his plus mm. mine. Oh, Cam McCarr – uh, 15 game play. He played two less games, four goals, 11 assists, 15 points. He's got a plus 12. Oh, that's so substantial. Just looking, just looking at the player's impact. I've got to go with McCarr. The kid's an absolute stud. Like he's insane. What about you, Adam? You know, they, these are, I, I believe these are voted on before the playoffs. So this is yeah. basically yeah. More, more of a, regular season uh i think they both had either the same amount of points or within one or two of each other so you can't really look at points as the factor so for me it's a matter of where would these teams be right and i think avalanche they're still a good team if you take kale mccarr out of the roster if you take quinn hughes out of vancouver right now they aren't playing in the state they're not playing in the bubble Right. I mean, JT Miller, yeah, he was a big acquisition. Everyone else took a big leap. But I think, you know, Hughes definitely pushed them in the right direction. So my votes, my votes going for Quinn Hughes right now. Yeah, yeah, I can I can touch on that, too. You know, I think both both the Hughes brothers coming into into the league definitely had a lot of hype behind them. You know, I mean, he's he's solid. You know, he's, he put up some numbers in the playoffs, but. I, I definitely think that he's he's a vital asset to their defensive defensive roster. Yeah, I guess I'm the tiebreaker then. I mean, I got to go with McCarr. I mean, I think that he's uh, uber talented. Uh, I think he's fantastic, especially paired with Nathan McKinnon. You've got two of the most skilled players in the entire league, one on defense, one on offense. Uh, but yeah, I'd probably go with Kel McCarr. Uh, as for the Norris, this one's interesting because, you know, the, the, you can go either way on these three. Roman Yossi, I think a clear third here for the Predators. Um, but then it's between, to me, John Carlson and Victor Hedman. 
uh, and and I know you guys might be upset. I might have to go with Carlson here. Uh, reason being, he outscored Alex Ovechkin. He was the team leader in points on the Washington Capitals. That's saying something when Ovechkin – it's not like Ovechkin had a down year. He scored 40-something goals again. So he wasn't going down. I got to go Carlson here for the, uh, for the Norris. Yeah, I will, I will second that because watching Carlson just absolutely pop off at the beginning of this season was insane. Because I, what year is this in the NHL for him? Oh man, he's a he's a vet. He's been there for a while. Yeah, exactly, and this is this is unlike. I mean, he's always been a very solid player. Right. Um, just absolutely incredible what he was able to do here, especially in the beginning of this 2019-2020 uh, season. Just he absolutely just popped off. So I would have to agree with you there that Carlson gets my vote for the Norris. Yeah, he's actually he's been in the league since 2009-10. And he went from 37 points in 16-17. Uh, so the last three years, he's gone 68-70-75 in points. So it's been these last three years, he's turned it on. Incredible. I mean, I, I think, you know, putting everything aside, I want to say Victor Hedman. I think Victor Hedman is the best defenseman in the league. But you're looking at this year, I, I think Carlson takes it home. Because you look at the numbers, uh, he's got – 15 and 60, 75 points overall, plus 12. Uh, Hedman's got 11 and 44, 55 points overall, and a plus 27. Um, oh, plus 27, though. That, that's significant. Yeah, he's plus 27. So, I mean, I'm looking, looking at that stat, it's huge because you're looking, you know, when he's in the ice, you know, good things do happen. He makes – he kind of facilitates the whole play. But John Carlson took a – I mean, he was on a roll in the first 50 games, and – I think Hedman kind of he Hedman was injured there for an, uh, a week or two. I think he was out, but um, kind of picked it up as of late. But John Carlson, if it wasn't for him early in the season, um, even though towards the end, the last quarter of the season, I don't think the Capitals are where they are. They might have been in the playing round, and so um, he was a big part of uh, the Capitals' success down the stretch. Yeah, um, you know, obviously I want Hedman to win it as a Lightning fan, but Victor Hedman is year over year, he is the best defenseman in the NHL. That being said, this year, I think he finishes third in the voting. Um, I think Roman Yossi, he's finally getting noticed. He put up a lot of points for Nashville this year. I think he finishes second. But if we're going to be honest, the Norris Trophy is about not just about defense. It's more about both sides of the puck. You know, how many points do, does a defenseman put up for the team? John Carlson leading Washington in total points you know, I think is the deciding factor for me. Obviously, he plays well defensively too, but putting up that kind of points as a defenseman is just what pushes him over the edge. So I think we're all in agreement that Carlson finishes first, and then for me, I've got Yossi second and Hedman third. What about you, Logan? You know, it's definitely close between um, Carlson and Hedman. Not no no bias, just being a Lightning fan, but definitely you know Hedman's Hedman has always been up there. He's he's always been a top five defenseman year by, year after year. He's definitely solid. You know he plays a very heads up game. He, he he's a playmaker. You know he sees he sees a breakout. He makes it happen. Carlson Carlson's fantastic. He's a definitely a solid D man as well. Yossi, you know after after Weber left Nashville. I think, you know, definitely him stepping up, being the captain, he's, he's definitely a solid D-man too. You know, I, I, could, I could see why he's in the runnings, but definitely I'm, I'm pretty right there between um, Hetty and Carlson. You know, I mean, Yossi, Yossi had a plus, like a plus 20, 22, I want to say it was, in the regular season. Wow. You know, he put up like 60-something points. He, he's, he's definitely, he's, he's a great defenseman. I, I, can, I can definitely agree with that. Yeah, so now we're going to move on here to the uh, Vezina. And this one, there's not like a big goalie that you look at and you're like, they had a great season. It's between Hellebuck on the Jets, Tukarask in Boston, and Vasilevsky with the Lightning. Uh, I, I don't even know who I would go with here. Uh, I'll feel it to you guys for because this is like, you could go, it's like a toss-up here. It's Hellebuck. It's Hellebuck, no questions. You think Hellebuck? Yeah, I think Boston's a good team. I mean, Yaroslav Flock, he got thrown in the spotlight. I know this is voted on before the playoffs, but I think Boston's got a good tandem either way. Um, I think Vasilevsky, you know, obviously he's a good goaltender. The Lightning are not here without him. 
regular season or postseason, but Connor Hellebuck played out of his mind. The Jets are nowhere near contention if he hasn't put up stellar numbers this year. I think it's Hellebuck, and in my opinion, it's not close. Wow. All right, so we got a Hellebuck dominant win there. What about you guys? I, I honestly, I'm, you know, Rask, he's, he's, he's been a solid goaltender, but at the same time, I don't, I don't really think he has at all. I don't, I don't even really see him in the runnings. If, if we're being completely honest, I've never, never really, I've, I've seen him, you know, when he's at, at his top, you know, back when Boston won the cup a few years back and stuff. But I've, since then, I just, I don't know. I haven't really seen it from him too much. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just, it's such a toss-up uh, wherever you go because each goal he has, they lead in a different stat. Like Hellebuck, he has six shutouts. Uh, Vasilevsky has 35 wins throughout the year. And Rask has uh, – he takes takes home the goals against with a 2-1-2. So, uh, it's, it's very close. I think you look at who has provided, you know, their team with the best chance to win, and I think that goes with Hellebuck. Uh, like Adam said, uh, he gave them the, the Jets the best chance to succeed throughout the year. And if it wasn't for him, I don't think they, they crack, you know, the playoffs. So they don't give themselves a chance to even be in the playing round. So um, gave him a shot there. I mean, Vasilevsky, they were trying to, as a team as a whole, they were trying to find themselves early on. It kind of hurt his chances. But the Lightning played the way they did from, I think, January on throughout the whole year. If Vasilevsky takes that by a, a country mile. He probably wins 45 games, if we're being honest. And, and Tuka Rass was the way he was the last three, four years, where he's just solid in front of his, his guys. And Boston is like the Lightning. They just have good decor, Krug. Uh, they have Bergeron. I mean, Pasternak go down the list. they got a ton of guys that can play in front of him. So um, if I'm going to give it to one guy, tell a buck. He, if it wasn't for him, the uh, Jets would have been uh, deep in the cellar in the standings. Yeah, I'll be real quick, but I also do agree. Hellbuck's got it for me. Um, basically, Steven said everything that I, I was going to touch on. You just look at which of these goalies here is has performed the best to give their team the best possible scenario for a good season. And you've got two great goalies in Vasilevsky and Rask, but, I mean, Hellbuck, he played on top of his head for most of that season just to get them to where they got. So I think I definitely have to give it to him. All right. So now we got the last trophy here. It's the heart. And this is really close because uh, you have dry saddle on the Edmonton Oilers. You know, obviously he has McDavid. So that kind of, you know, I, I don't know if that in, it doesn't invalidate him from winning an MVP, but he's got Connor McDavid, you know, I mean, he's got a superstar player to work with him. You look at Nathan McKinnon, I'm going to give it to him probably, but I'll go with Pan uh, I'll talk about Panarin. Obviously, as a Ranger fan, he was fantastic, but he's not in the running for this. Um, you know, he, he had a ton of points. He was dynamic. The Rangers would not have been anywhere close to as successful as they would have been, you know, you know, qualifying for one of those qualifying rounds. But who's to say that if the regular season had been completed, that the Rangers would have even made the playoffs? So we, we don't know that. Panarin didn't lead his team to a playoffs. He just made them way better than they would have been. So I, you can't really consider Panarin. They're just putting him in the top three here because he I did. I don't know if he led the league in points, but he was up there. He had an incredible year. Um, but yeah, I, I have to give it to McKinnon. He was on one of the best teams in the league. He was the best player on the team. Uh, he facilitates that entire offense. You have the other guys there. You have Landis Gog. You have, you know, you Vertan, not Vertan and, uh, um, Rantanen, right? So you have a bunch of other guys on that team, McCarr, that contribute. But without McKinnon, there's no Colorado Avalanche. You're not afraid of that team. So I got to go with McKinnon for MVP here, or the Hart Trophy, as they call it. Uh, what about you guys? Yeah, I, 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 I've always liked McKinnon as a player. I, he's always he's always been solid, you know. I mean, Panarin, he's even when he was with Chicago, he put up two thirty goal seasons. I mean, this list last season, he put up like ninety five points. He's, he's definitely a solid player. He was a very vital asset to New York. But, you know, McKinnon, he's always, he's always been a star. You know, putting up 93 points this last year, he's, he's definitely helped put Colorado really up there where they need to be. Yeah, I also I – have, I have to give it to Nate Dogg. Absolute stud. Uh, you, look at, you look at the impact that um, 
Drysidle and McKinnon have on their teams. Drysidle, not going to knock him at all. He's a hell of a player. Um, but we're talking about MVP here, and he's playing with an MVP. He's playing with the best player in the National Hockey League. So, and that's nothing to take away from him. Um, but when you're paired on that kind of line, that it's you're going to get those points. Uh, but if you take McKinnon and you take Drysidle and you take them from their respective teams and then you input them on another team, McKinnon's going to have much more of an impact because in my book, you've got McDavid all the way up here, McKinnon's here, and then the rest is it's a shoot. You've got McKinnon, I would say, is probably the second best player in this league. His impact on the game, not only for the Colorado Avalanche, but just everybody. They're trying to mimic what this guy's got. He has got some of the fastest skating in the league. An unbelievable shot that just it blows my mind sometimes, seeing the way that this guy can move and then also put, like, an 85-mile-per-hour snapshot top left. Not only that, but his hands, too. you got to look at his hands. Yeah. He plays a heads-up game. Yeah. He, sees, he, he sees the openings. He, he sees the plays happening right before him. You know, he's yeah. He's the absolute package, absolutely amazing player. There's no, in my mind, there's no way he doesn't lose. Yeah, I can, I can see, I can see McKinnon. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm gonna go Leon here. I'm gonna be the odd man out. Uh, I just oh think, I think with uh, what he's done, I mean, 100 point, I mean, 110 points, uh, 43 goals, 67 assists. Uh, I think the numbers don't lie. Uh, we look at, you know, yeah, Drysaddle has. McDavid on his uh, on his side, um, that same line. But I look at this Avalanche roster, and you have uh, Burakovsky, you have Kadri, Landeskog. Um, you have you have, they have some depth players there. You have Miko Rantanen, and then you go defensively. Uh, you have Ian Cole, uh, Lindholm, and uh, McCarr. So I think the Avalanche do have a deeper team than the Oilers did. Um, I, but I, every time I watch the Oilers, and you know, watching him, uh, Leon and McDavid play together it's like I don't know everything clicked all the time and those are two guys out of a whole team and they just seem to make it happen every like shift after shift after shift and they single-handedly won themselves won themselves games and um, I'm just gonna give it to him just based on on points and the ability he had out there um, every night uh, just can't take it away from him so uh, I think McKinnon's a close second uh, I think if you put him on any other team like Ethan said uh would thrive and, and, and just change the whole outlook of the game. So um, either one of those two win uh, would be great, but I think Leon's going to end up taking it home. Yeah, I think I think Leon takes it home too. Uh, Ethan, wow. Ethan confirmed huge Nathan McKinnon guy, uh, but I think, I think his coming out party has come more so in the bubble than it has during the regular season. I mean, Nathan McKinnon is a great player, but based off regular season, you know, Dreisaitl – is the only guy to top 100 points, 110 nonetheless. And, you know, I don't, I don't think Edmonton goes where they do without him. I think the Avalanche can stay afloat without McKinnon. I don't think Edmonton goes anywhere without Drysaddle. But all that aside, can we can we all just agree that how good is Connor McDavid? I think, in my opinion, he is so good that he literally willed Drysaddle win the award. Like, yeah. he draws – two guys to him, and that just leaves Drysaddle on the back door. And Drysaddle's big boost was when McDavid was out for two weeks, a month, whatever it was, he continued to produce. But when McDavid is on the ice, Drysaddle just is open. And I think Connor McDavid is that good of a player where he has willed Drysaddle to win this award. Uh, yeah, just to touch on that, in my – if personally, I know it's – this is more of a it's – a, it's definitely a stats game and it's in a stats award. But just seeing – I mean, I was just watching the other night the, the top 50 goals in the league. McDavid had number one, number three, number five, number nine, <laughs> 13, 17, you know, an ungodly amount of highlight goals. He – like in my book – he is and will be the MVP for probably the next five seasons. It's incredible what this guy is doing. And if you're looking at a tier list, I've got McDavid a mile above everyone else. And then McKinnon right there at number two. And then you can pin, you can switch around, you know, your, your Crosby, your Ovechkin, your 
whoever you want to put in there, but it is just absolutely insane. And the fact that he's not even, you know, it's, it's like I said, it's a points trophy and it's a point uh, game, but he is the unanimous MVP. You look at all the interviews with every guy in the league, everybody's dumbfounded at what this kid can do. It is absolutely insane. So I, I do agree with uh, Adam there. He does pull away two, two to three guys and that leaves dry, dry side of what ride wide open for a goal. So it's, it's just incredible what he can do. So, yeah, I think we're all, I think we can all agree with this, that Connor McDavid is the best forward in the NHL, even though he's not going to get the recognition this year, he is the best forward in the NHL. It's the same as Victor Hedman is the best defenseman in the NHL, even though he's probably not going to win the award year over year. Those two guys are consistent and probably the best of their position in the league. Absolutely. Yeah, it's almost like it's almost like the LeBron thing where they don't want to give LeBron MVP every year. They just kind of cut it. They, they got to give out the award to someone else. Uh, if McDavid had played the whole season, he would have been MVP right now. Um, but since he got injured, not on the top three. But I agree, obviously. I mean, McDavid is definitely the best player in the league. You just hope, man, just get past these rounds in the playoffs. I mean, the, the fact that they lost to the Blackhawks is just so disheartening and I know Ethan. You know one of your seven teams that you like is the Blackhawks, and they beat that uh, that uh, Edmonton Oilers team. But you know, I, I don't know, man. I, the, the Oilers just got to start winning in the playoffs. That's just the next step for McDavid. They need goaltending. That's I think. You know, here's my pick right here. Holpe is going to Edmonton. Yes, he's sir. Gonna get signed. He's going to get signed in Edmonton. I don't care if he's falling off or whatever. Just get him someone can stop the puck. I don't care. Mike Smith isn't the answer. I watched him in Tampa for a couple of years. That was way – I don't know how many years that was, but that guy sucks. He literally cannot win you games. Game one, he gets torched by every player on the Blackhawks, it seems like. But if Edmonton goes and gets a solid goaltender behind what they already have built and get one D-man to really kind of solidify them backside, I think Edmonton can make a jump like we've seen Colorado in the last couple of years. That's just my – I think that if Holtby goes there – that team will take off. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll leave you guys with one last question here. Are the Lightning winning the Stanley Cup this year? God, don't uh, even ask me that, man. 100%. None of us are answering that. Only None Logan's answering. answering. Only Logan can answer that question. Wow. I'll give it, I'll, I'll give it a go as well. well have to, here you go, Hill. Knock on wood over here. Okay. <laughs> that works. See, seen this story, like, five times already like i just can't do it again if i say they're gonna win and they lose again you might not see me ever again so <laughs> i got yeah, no more I, steve I, on these pods guys he's he's leaving if the lightning lose the cup yeah no i i mean i think they have a a great shot this year this is the best shot they've had in in, a, in all their cracks the eastern conference final since they won it so i'll go with a yes a conservative yes here all I right this is their last shot at it but I still – I'm not saying anything. I'm not jinxing. I'm not going to give a serious prediction on it. I'm not going to say whether or not they're going to win it. I'm just going to enjoy the ride and be upset or happy depending on the ending. Yeah, Amelie will be in flames if we lose, so. That would be a really – that would be a fun pod after this to see you guys if the Lightning lost. That would just make my day. I, I would love seeing that. That ties right into what I would like to say, and this is in no way or form saying the Lightning are going to lose. Um no, don't even don't even say it. Oh, this no, no, no. Scares no. This scares me. The only, the only people or not people, the only team that I think could beat the Lightning in the Stanley Cup Finals would be Vegas, and it's all about goaltending. That's the only team that I could see having a chance at beating the Lightning because if you can shut down the offense, that that's just that's there it goes. So between Leonard and Flurry, I the Vegas Knights, they have the best chance of stopping the Lightning. And I don't think they'll be able to do it, but they are the team that's going to have the best chance. So we'll have to wait and see. Yep. So that, that, I think that's a great way to end the pod, guys. I think this was great. We, we talked about both conference finals, East and West, talked about the awards. Uh, and I think this was a pretty good first episode for us on Strictly Hockey. Uh, these will be coming out like once a week. Uh, we'll get the boys on again, probably. Now, I'm feeling if the Lightning make the cup, you guys will definitely want to come back on. If they don't, we might be hearing some no's here. Uh, but we'll we'll see probably in about a week and a half, two weeks uh, when this series ends up. Uh, we'll get back here on the pod. But we'll definitely have another one next week. Strictly sports come in, what's today, Monday. We'll probably have a pod. 
Uh, now, Steve, uh, you're, this is new information to you, but CJ's up in Michigan. He's got to get his router yep. for his Wi-Fi before we do another pod. So uh, we're going to be doing NFC, AFC predictions for the NFL this week on that pod. Uh, I just uploaded Strictly Yankees, Strictly Baseball as well. Still getting those figured out, so you guys can figure that out. Follow us on social media, on Twitter at StrictSportsFAU, Instagram and Facebook at StrictlySportsFAU. Couldn't get that right username there on Twitter, kind of pissing me off. It's got to be StrictSportsFAU, uh, but all the links to that is in the description below. Uh, for Ethan, for Adam, for Logan, and for Steve, I am Jacob Brown, and we will see you next time.